0: And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Goldmines with Kevin Hart. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: please welcome Nick Kroll, everybody. Nick Kroll.
2: Thank you, Kevin. Hi, how are you?
1: how you doing man
2: I, i'm fine i'm i feel honored i figured like you were like who who um physical stature wise is a close match for me so I, like he may be a little taller but he's probably still got some short guy energy shit so he's gonna come ready to go he's gonna want to deliver he's not gonna want to you know rest back like you know like and you figured th- this is a safe bet
1: how tall are you nick
2: i am five i'm uh, this oh, is what Jesus. I'll say. Is I'm almost five oh. ten.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! What just if
2: you look at Wikipedia, it says five nine. But I want that ha- I I want and deserve that half an inch.
0: You know who what are I mean?
1: you? Who are you just looking at? I said, How tall are you, Nick? You looked at five different areas of the room that you're in to 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 tell me how tall you actually were. What happened?
2: Because I used to say 5'10", and then it got on the internet that I was 5'9", and so oh, then no. I felt like, you know what I mean? So then now I'm stuck in that. What I want that half an inch went, and so, I don't remember who had that joke that was like, was like, I used to, I like, I'm like, if someone says I'm almost five time, they're 5'9". They're what yeah, about well, you? Well, guess what?
1: I'm five what? fucking four. How does that make you feel? For real? Yeah, how does that make you feel? Talking about your extra inch at 5'9", to 5'10", and I'm over here at 5'4", dealing with it.
2: Yeah. But for every for every like inch there, we're talking like an, another special. We're talking millions of dollars. You know what I Something mean? Something would have had to happen.
1: So I definitely would if I had got the five six, I would have played ping pong professionally. <laughs> My wingspan would have been good enough. I would have, I would have went to ping pong. Nick, um, you know, I think I I am basically for our listeners, some may know you, some may not. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm a fan. I like you just because you've always been you. Very funny fucking comic, very smart guy. Uh, And now you you found success, man. you found multiple different levels of success because you've you've constantly worked, Nick. You've constantly fucking worked in this Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, one of your, your, I don't want to say your biggest because I don't know in your mind what your biggest, but Mm -hmm. one of the things that I know people rave about and they love you on is Big Mouth. Mm -hmm. Which was on Netflix. Yes. Um. Tell our listeners where else, where where else might they know the legend of Nick Kroll from?
2: Where else would they know? Uh. I mean. I I guess. Let's see. Uh. I had a sketch show called Croll Show on Comedy Central Central that people liked. Comedy. People liked it. Okay. You know. Let's be honest, Kevin. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) Three seasons. I, I ended it myself, but maybe maybe I ended it because I thought because I thought maybe they would cancel it. So I just I put it out. No. Um,
1: well, let's let's not listen. Let's not downplay the, the Nick Crow show. All right. Let's yeah, let's you. not let's not downplay it. Here's thank why. You. All Three right. Se- to do do sketch comedy mm-hmm. after so many people have done sketch comedy, mm-hmm. sell a premise on sketch comedy and execute what you sold mm-hmm. in this day and time is very hard to do especially in the space of sketch. And you did it. You, you, you did it successfully. Like you said, for three seasons, that's nothing to be frowned upon.
2: Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. And it's a, no, it was, so I did that. um, I was on the show called the league on, on FX, FX uh, FX show about uh, fantasy football for a number of seasons. Um, And then I've been in a bunch of, we, well, we did an animated movie. We did uh, a captain underpants together. Yep. Uh, I was of course, professor poopy pants. Uh, Poopy Pants,
1: <laughs> Professor Poopy Pants. Yes, yeah. I remember you.
2: Um, and then a bunch of other animated movies, stuff like that. I don't know. It's weird. It's now weird. I'm. How am I feeling? I here's what I here's something I respect about you, Kevin, that I wish I had more of. Sort of is you are not afraid to talk about what your accomplishments are and what you're doing well and what you're proud of. Mm-hmm. I have a little more. I have a. Li- I'm a little less comfortable doing that. Why is that? I don't know. Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I think that like black comics are more comfortable touting their accomplishments than than like a white comic like myself is.
1: Oh, you're going to jail for that, Jesus Christ! I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. You're going down. Oh Let's my do God! This oh is how I want to go out. Oh, they're going to get wanna you. Go out. Oh, you're going to fucking get God for that. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? that's that's, that's the it. times we're in when you say so. Oh no, I can't believe you uh, there just. There Thank you. Good
2: night. Thank I you. Good night, believe. everybody. This has been it.
1: You know what? Here's here's what I'll say. I'll say within our culture Mm -hmm. uh, and of course I'm talking about black comedians, whether it's, uh, you know, male, female, whatever we, we, we tend to, we tend to love any amount of success that we get simply because it's so hard to come by. Right. So when you talk about, you know, the, the idea behind speaking on your accomplishments or the things that you've done, well, because it's crazy that you actually got put in the position to do it Mm -hmm. because, it's hard as fuck to do it. So when you look at the comedy club scene, you look at the mainstream comedy club scene versus the urban comedy club scene where the urban comedy club scene was created. Like we found bars, we found taverns and bowling alleys to fucking convert into comedy nights. And on the mainstream, they're comedy clubs. So as you start crossing over and doing things, it's like, shit, let me celebrate this I'm I'm actually fucking doing it. Like Mm -hmm. the things that people didn't expect me to do, I'm doing it. So that's where the conversation comes from. And then after that, I think there's a level of confidence attached to it, but I don't think that there's a reason for you not to have that high level of, of that high level of confidence, Nick, when you're, you're in a creative business and you continue to be a part of the create, like you're, Mm -hmm. you're not a, you're not a sit down and I hope it comes to me comic or entertainer. You are a, hey, I have an idea. Hey, oh my God, man, I have a voice. Hey, man, I, oh fuck, I'm good at animation. Oh shit, I can do several voices. Wow, this is something else that I've tapped into. You you strike me as a person that truly understands the benefit of putting work into the craft. For that, you got to celebrate
2: absolutely yes and i and i think it is i I agree i mean i think like i definitely have not been a person like i definitely never thought i was always like scared you know so much of uh, ambition comes out of like a lack of weirdly out of like insecurity of being like i'm not gonna get cast like i don't like i'm like There's like a thousand other fucking jewish guys who think they're funny out there Mm -hmm. like who are very capable i can't wait to go get cast in something like uh so it was always like go out and make the short film or go like do the little whatever it was leading up to and then and creating shows along the way um and then i think yeah and 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 that definitely benefited me and i think that i wanted to i think it's I've always just tried to be like, this is like, you know, I'm doing this thing, but I don't want to just be like, I fucking accomplished this. I got this. We're on season four of the show, dot, 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 dot. And I... And I sort of, sometimes I, I envy it because I it is, because it is, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. In fact, the opposite of like, I've accomplished this, this, and this, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to do more and I am ambitious, like, you know, like, um, and, and it is keeping on finding that niche of like, what is, what's the new thing that I want to do? Or what's the, like, when, because when, when Kroll Show finished, we did three seasons and I was like, haven't you felt like. Like I, at that point I was doing the league and I was doing Kroll show and I was physically and creatively exhausted at that Mm -hmm. point. And -hmm. like, I needed to shut it down. Like I ended Kroll show. I pulled back on the last season of the league and settled Settled down and was like, "What do I want to do?" And then my friend Andrew Goldberg, who I grew up with, um, known since I was in first grade, came to me with the idea of this animated show with with this our partners Mark and Jen, and it was like an animated show about kids going through puberty. And I was like, "Yep, that's it." And I, mm-hmm. I felt like I finally had the space again to creatively to 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 do that and, and execute. And- And execute. And then, Mm -hmm. and then Mulaney and I started working on, oh, hello, these characters that we've been doing for years. But then we decided to make a stage show of it that we did off Broadway, then we toured, and then we brought to Broadway. And that was also, I think, because we, I had freed up that space. And that's a, and I'm, but again, I go back to you being like, don't, have you hit those points where you're just like, because you do so much constantly, are you Aren't you just, do you feel drained at any point? There's a,
1: there's a different, there's a different thing. Like you just said something that, that stands out and you was like, you know what? I felt like I had to shut it down. You know, for me just, it was just too much, you know, and I don't know. I just, I wanted to shut it down. Mm -hmm. There is a level of, of fear with being uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. right my my hard work my energy my drive is put into my business to find a place of comfort for me and my family overall right and the place of comfort for me is success and that success just continues to grow it's it's a new level of success every day mm-hmm. and personally that's my that's my drive that's my That's my energy to wake up in the morning outside of my wife and my kids. That's what I'm putting something into. So I find a value in having a purpose in life in Mm -hmm. something that I love to do. Mm -hmm. I've never gotten comfortable enough to go, well, it's too much for me. I need to just relax for a second and shut it down because I find so much joy in the, I gotta go, I gotta do, oh man, I got this thing now. As you get older, I'm fucking 40, 41 now. How do you, Nick?
2: I'm forty two.
1: Forty two. Whoa. Yeah. Eat shit. You're old. Yeah. Jesus Christ,
2: I'm older man. than you, bro. I'm taller yeah. than you, and I'm older than you, all bro. Right, that's
1: enough. Let's just stop there. God damn it. Just took a turn, a real bad turn for the worst, and we just brought <laughs> it back. I got him back. <laughs> yeah. Nick is back. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I now do think about Nick is the end game, and and the end game for me. Is a real a real timeline of when I'm going to tap out and say I'm done for good because because I'm I've reached the ultimate level of comfort and success for me and my drive and my mental. If I didn't have the drive within something, then I think I may I probably would have experienced the feeling that you're talking about, but I've never yet experienced the feeling where I didn't have the drive. Does but that there's no,
2: there's no halfway for you. There's no like um like either you're all in or you're out. Yeah. Like there's no like pull back a little bit.
1: Yeah, I've never I've never been doing something and then I say, you know what, man, let me go in and take the foot off the gas a little bit. Let this ship let this ship sink a little bit. I'll pull it back up at the end. But right now, man, I'm I've, I've been I'm fucking tired. My mind hurts a little bit. I've never done it. And and I've also I've never purposely taken projects that were bad. I mean, I know there's people that can probably say, "Well, Kev, you got some bad shit floating out there." But I never purposely took a thing that I thought was bad. Everything I took on, I thought was good. Have you ever taken something, Nick, that you thought was fucking bad?
2: No, I, no, and I think look, like, uh, uh, not really. Um, and I have the, I have the, the distinct advantage of having grown up like white and privileged. So, like, it's a, it's a different, it's a slightly different game in that, like. I've had this advantage throughout that like I've only had to take on things that I wanted to do that I was passionate about it was a a gift in a number of ways that my parents gave me and so I. I have not had to do that, which has allowed me to to choose specifically about what I'm passionate about and only do the things that I'm now it turns out that I am incredibly excited and passionate about the things I do. So I jump in and I have like a, a very big appetite for it. I wanna <laughs> do a lot of shit, but I don't But it has meant like, you know, like early, I mean, look, when I moved to New York, like I was doing commercials, like in radio voiceover shit and was, you know, like nonsense stuff that I was taking. And it was nonsense stuff that wasn't always good, but it was like I saw what it was leading to or needed tape like, you know, I was like trying to get tape When I first moved to New York, my, these guys I went to college with were doing one of those like 24 hour film festivals. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. where there's like, here's a premise. You got 24 hours to make a film. And I made a, I was in a film as an actor with, uh, and it was like, we were like, we were both like, the, the film was like a weird home invasion where we were both like sexually assaulted in this like 24 hour film. And I was, it was my friend. Oh of was like, and like my friend,
1: like, well, he, so dark. Yeah, he it was so dark. Yeah. It was not man.
2: a comedy at all. It was like, my friend was the actor who was home invading me, like basically sexually assaults me in this video. <laughs> and I spend like, I then spend like months trying to get my hands on that tape a DV tape so I can try to put it on my reel. You know what I mean? Like, so there was stuff like that. I was like, this may not be my best look, but I'm just trying to put something together. you know what I mean? I'm trying to put something together.
1: Here's a question, right? So you say, you say, yeah, you know what? I grew up, I was, you know, I had the benefit of being, you know, white and privileged. My question to you is, did you always know that? Did you always know that and understand that? Or has that recently, kind of been highlighted because of the temperature of today's times like is that something that you were aware of
2: i was i was always aware of my privilege Mm -hmm. like as like a growing up growing up like with money like my family i knew that i knew Mm -hmm. i always knew that
1: how big was the family what's that how big was the family
2: uh i'm the youngest of four kids oh wow Uh, and parents parents, fucking yeah parents were. Fucking bro, fucking fuckin'. wow, he's still fucking and sending me tapes. You know what I mean? Yeah, Just good a, for them. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, good for them, man.
2: They but they were it was a it was a very like loving supportive household. Um, all the kids fucked each other. You know what I mean? It was go. one yeah. of those. It was yeah, it was, it's it
1: was, one of those one of those happy houses. I got <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um,
2: so I knew that we were. I knew I was privileged. I think the whiteness has been something. Um, that I was largely in the broad, like we are all, we all knew on some, I was like, oh yeah, well we're white, so it's better. But like it definitely the last more than just the BLM and, and, and this, in this summer with the George Floyd murder, beyond that, it's the really being in this, in our big mouth room for the last five or six seasons and really trying to put together a truly diverse writing staff Mm. and with different mm. points of view both racially sexually gender Yeah, cuz you
1: guys you guys go there. You guys touch on it. You touch on it all on that we, show. We,
2: yeah, we we try to go we try to go deep on it and and I think the last few years it's become clear from you know like we cast, you know, we cast a white actress to play a a, a biracial girl at the time we were like, "Well, it's fine cuz She's half Jewish and Jenny's Jewish and Maya plays my mom and Maya is mixed and she's playing a what you know we were we thought we were playing with all of the stuff mm-hmm. and and then as the seasons went on and we started to dig in on this character Missy who is biracial and at first she was just a dorky girl who happened to be mixed or happened to be black and I think as we dug in more on the character, the more that we started to talk and realize like, oh, you're racial, even if you don't, even if you think of yourself as a dork, your racial identity plays like a huge role in, especially comes in talking to our friends and writers about what it's like and when you hit puberty, like what your identity what your your racial identity begins to take form and who you are in a way that maybe it didn't when you were younger mm. and we started to want to tell more stories about missy's racial identity and that became much more difficult with a white actress at the at the center of it jenny was the one who took decided after, right at like really in the in the throat it's something that she had been uncomfortable with for a little while and then the throes of of BLM that we, she was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And we, we were like, yeah, we get it. We talked to our black writers and some of our, our, our black talent on the show and they were like, she's Jenny's been great. Missy's a great character. It's, but it's time for her to step back. We support that. And, wow and then we, so we did it, you know, and it's like, okay, great. Let's do it. You know, like, let's just do it. Like what's
1: it's, it's dope that you guys were, were basically it's dope that you guys were, not just supportive, but I can say like the, the wheels are starting to turn of just understanding. And I think when you said what you just said now, the first thing that I said, I said, that's that's dope to hear, you know, to hear you say, yeah, you know, I'm a product of. And you know that gave me the opportunity to do. And now because of that, I'm able to, you know I'm able to pick and choose and be a little more selective. And you know, granted, I worked hard, but I am aware whereas some, of course, aren't or haven't been and I think within a climate, within a culture uh, and just the the power of so many opinions, I, I think it's 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 great to hear people understand. Um, understand what's going on understand the temperature of today that was dope i like that
2: thanks so so we're all done now i got my Uh, no. we're not we're not
1: done we're not done but what we will do we will take a commercial break because here's the thing nick this Mm -hmm. this this show is real i do commercials and everything right and i know you're thinking to yourself god damn man kev is really laying it down during this interview well i just want to let you know that's what the fuck i do man
0: Mm -hmm. this summer click into cordless power
1: You said family of four. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where are you at? You the oldest, youngest?
2: I'm the youngest of four. Uh, What about you? Where are you at?
1: Uh, It's me and my brother. I have an older brother, eight years older. And my dad has two other kids. Mm -hmm. Now, people always tell me, like, those are your brothers and sisters. But I just refer to them as my dad's other two kids. (laughs) I don't Did you guys
2: grow up with each other at all or no?
1: No, no, No. it was separate households. Uh, You know, we didn't spend a a lot of time together. Um, And I'm sure
2: I'm sure that was easy for you. And there are no scars or any residual feelings about any of that at all.
1: Yeah, no, Nick, we don't, I don't really give a shit about that stuff. We, we're black. We deal with this all the time. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a white people thing. You guys get emotionally triggered by Trauma. stuff like this. Yeah, Trauma you know, is like, specifically white I can't people. believe I had a brother the same age as me and I never knew about it. I, <laughs> I shrugged my shoulders. <laughs> I
2: like your, by the way, your white guy voice is great. It's a new, t- it's a different take on it. It's just yeah. more of, it's not a, it's not a that. It's a, it's just a pitch up. It's
1: like, come on. It's like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a good boy that's a good white guy boy. Uh, <laughs> always innovating always innovating with kevin hart
1: what does what does nick want to do now right boy, what is your what is your want in this uh, business now
2: well um i just started a production company that's um big. congratulations um, and I've been, man i've yeah, I've been well we've been so uh, Big Mouth we my team the Andrew and Mark and Jen who are, we created that show with uh, have an animation company called Brutus Pink we're doing an, a spin-off at Big Mouth, uh, at Netflix now of of Big Mouth called Human Resources which takes place in the world of the monsters like the hormone monsters and shame wizards and depression kitties and it's it's like a workplace comedy really? about-
1: ideas come from like are you are you guys are you are you weed smokers are you are you coffee drinkers are you do you do cocaine what is the thing that you guys are doing that what i that's do kevin in the morning is
2: ideas. I, do, I do hot water with lemon there you go and then i and then i dust a blunt with cocaine there it is and- uh, <laughs> and then I just, and then I just sit down with pen and paper and I just it, start to, it, here it
0: comes.
1: Yeah.
2: I just here write it.
0: manifestos. <laughs>
1: here comes uh, the rush. Here I, comes. Wrote,
2: I I write threatening letters to CNN and then, uh, and then I take a seven hour nap. Uh, and then I wake up and
1: repeat. Yeah. Uh, it's the same uh, thing
2: um what do i i um it depends it depends over time like i definitely like uh my writers room on big mouth uh w- you know we were in a room together now we're all in on these zoom things um i i i i smoke some pot sometimes to kind of come out a little bit you know mm-hmm. like look 30,000 feet um and then, but the ideas hopefully ho- happen organically out of things, um, but definitely will pop out uh, along the way, and, and and try to get a new perspective on things. And um, and this show happened very organically out of Big Mouth, and then, and then i started a production company for myself, live action called Good at Business, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm just working on, on helping other people tell their stories. I mean, I've, I've watched, you've been doing it for, for a number of years and, um, you know, I, I like the idea of trying to one, help other, literally help other people get their, get, get something off the ground using the experience I've had making shows and, and films and stuff like that. And, um, and also just giving myself similarly to what you're saying of like a little bit of, like oh i might not always be an actor i might not always be a comic mm. like what can i do to like keep a business going that maybe allows me to stay home i just got married and and you know like congratulations thank you thank you
1: that's the um, biggest thing that i feel that comics this is a a major step that sometimes gets ignored you know um yeah. especially from you know the the number of comics that experience High levels of success, right? You have some that tap into the world of business or the world of uh, opportunity outside of the the joke, the stage or the work for hire. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have some that just that just don't. But you know what you just said, I think is extremely important that I really want my listeners to to hear, and that's you know when it's all said and done, if you do choose to not do anymore, well you still would love a revolving door of some kind of income of, of, of some kind of brand that, that exists of something that, you know, you not only worked hard to build, but that still stands. It still stands with, or without you. And that's extremely important. You know, it's, it's dope as hell to create, but the best part about for me, Nick, Mm -hmm. with having the production companies and, and, you know, the different entities you're providing jobs. You're providing jobs. You're you're giving people uh, an opportunity to feed their households, their families, uh, their friends. You're also opening up, you know, whatever doors for the new waves of talent. Like you just said, you're 42. I'm 41. We're getting old. This time is flying. I can't tell you where the fuck it went. I remember being 25, but I, I, I don't remember. I remember but I don't remember. It's fucking weird.
2: It is weird. Those, the twenties are, the, my twenties are a real blur for me. Not because I was like, like, like partying so hard or like that I was like having the time of my life. I just don't really remember it very well. Like, I think it was just <laughs> trying to hustle to get something going. And then I did feel like my twenties were like trying to set the table. The thirties was like starting to eat. You know what I mean? And hopefully the forties are like, you know, the main course in dessert. And then, 50s on or is just like farting up a couch somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: You really don't know. But I like I like the thinking space that you're in. I, I really do. Um, Where with family right now, you said you just got married.
2: So um, married, uh, married in November um, and uh, having a baby, having a baby soon. Oh Wow.
1: Holy yeah. shit.
2: First oh, child you did
1: it right away.
2: Yep. It was, uh, the conversation was like, we knew we were, we knew we were going to get married. We knew we were doing it all. And then it really became like, uh, you know, the, the timeline with the pandemic and everything going on, it was like, are we going to wait to go get married and then wait another year? And then mm. da, 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 we just sort of felt like, we know we want to do this. The world is crazy. This feels like the right time for us. And honestly, like having a kid in the middle of all, I mean, it's been crazy. In the middle of a pandemic, to be to I had
1: a be, pandemic, baby.
2: You did. How was that experience? I had
1: a pandemic, baby. Yeah, little p—that's what I call it. <laughs> little little pandemic, baby. <laughs> little um, baby. No, you know what, man? It was it was crazy because of the the hospital situation, of course, because of COVID. Yeah. So, you know, her mother wasn't able to come and be at the hospital. My kids weren't able to come. It was just me and her. Um, you know that that's it's fine because we're both there, but there is a certain energy that you're accustomed to and that you wanted around that we weren't able to have. But you know, we got a healthy baby girl, and that's what Congrats. it's about. You know, a beautiful little baby girl, but she definitely is a little pandemic baby, as we yeah. call it.
2: So Well, I think there's going to be a whole generation of. I mean, I've, it sounds. I'm assuming you guys started figured started that process before the pandemic like we are square in the middle of it and I think there's going to be a whole generation of these little pbs these little yeah. pandemic babies yeah. coming out um
1: wow that, isn't that crazy yeah isn't it crazy like a bunch of babies that are going to be able to say wow you were born 2020 me too wait pandemic baby you're pan-. that's what they're going to say
2: yeah and it's going to be, be like it's gonna, it's the new babies. boomers. It's going to be the new baby boomers. It's going to be like the the COVID boomers or something <laughs> That's like.
1: That's a, a crew of pandemic babies. That is extremely yeah. Funny.
2: Who carry a super strain of the virus that they can shoot out at any point that at they want. Point,
1: <laughs> at any point, They're, they so have it's, the strongest so, immune system ever. These but no, but it, it's
2: this. It is this interesting thing. I, th- I think also for uh, and again, you. I think you've you've been navigating it for a while with your kids. Is like how do you how do you build a family how do you have a family and keep growing your business and growing what you do and like how do you go on the road to go shoot a movie how do you go do stand-up how do you go do all these things like Mm -hmm. and also balance what your responsibilities are it's very Um,
1: simple nick you gotta say fuck these kids it's very simple (laughs) okay it's very simple you gotta make a decision Mm -hmm. right and sometimes that decision is you know what Fuck these kids. And, and then
2: where are you recording right now? And where is your son? Yeah, well,
1: right now, uh, I'm not able to say that when I'm home. Uh, my kids have booted me out of all of my spaces that I have in my house. So my little office, my son, he said, Dad, I need to just go to your office because if I stay in my room, I may be tempted to play my video game. He hit me with a... Forward, reverse, back move. He showed me mm-hmm. authority uh, and responsibility, so I had no choice. So, right now, I'm in my little bar area, and uh, you know, I'm doing my show from here. Whatever, Nick, listen, it's not about me. Okay, it's not about me. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Nick, I've, I've been gone for long periods of times, and I've had to deal with the feeling of not being there. Mm-hmm. That's something that you got to prepare yourself for. Yeah, feeling of not being there if your job put you in a position where you have to be gone and sometimes doing the movies you know doing the movies or tv especially in today's times because the tax breaks and everything you mm-hmm. have to be gone and and that's a that's that's a thing that you gotta you gotta grow some thick skin for have yeah to. Have to. That's, some,
2: that's something that i gotta that i have to figure out because i i because i don't uh Cause I, I've never, I've never been faced with that. Like until, uh, you know, I got married, you know, I was in, in and out of relationships, but I was not, I've been very much able to just sort of make any decision I wanted to make about my career Mm -hmm. without having to kind of navigate anything, but what served me best, you know? So now having a wife and, uh, you know,
1: you got that married married voice, man. Well, you can't (laughs) do that. That's what you got now. Well, Well, honey, you didn't talk to me about that. (laughs) <laughs> oh, where do you get that? Where do you get your first one of those? That that that's that comes after marriage. Well, when we we didn't discuss that. You mm-hmm. used to go, yeah, but I thought it was just you know. <laughs> no,
2: honey, but how mean, nice the house is. Yeah, yeah, is that it don't
1: different? matter. <laughs> you gotta sit down, have your meetings, have your discussions.
2: Yeah, that is the. I think that'll be the that, and we're pretty we're pretty good at. And she's, I mean, but it's you know for me the part of what is so amazing about her is that she is, she is very sure of like what she wants and needs in a good way. Like, and, and that's attractive to me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I didn't want someone who was going to kind of, you know, roll over for mm-hmm. whatever I needed. It's like, I want, I want my, I want someone who is, and she's, you know, super talented and and creative and, and does really amazing work in her own right. So, you know, like, you know, I'm, 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 But it will be a challenge, I think, trying to figure out how do you, how do I, how do I continue to do the work I want to do and also take into consideration the other people now that are dependent on me and and I'm dependent on, you know?
1: Yeah, I got to be honest with you, Nick. You seem nervous. You definitely seem nervous (laughs) about this. You know, I don't, I don't know if you've had any discussions yet, but there were some moments where I saw real fear in your eyes. So I can only wish you the best here, man.
2: No, I'm, I'm, well, I'm nervous because it's been a long time since, um, I had something completely new in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like having a child, like uh, being married, all that stuff feels completely natural. Not, And I'm not, I have no uh, questions about, and I don't have any questions about having a child, but I'm, but I haven't, it's just, I've, it's been a long time since like, it's a thing that I've never done before.
1: Gotcha. I mean, gotcha.
2: Like where you're like, you've got, you've got like what, three, four kids. You've, your oldest four, old, four, four kids, kids are like, there. and they're, your oldest kid's like a teenager, tween. Like
1: I have a, I have a, fifteen-year-old. I have a thirteen-year-old. I have a three-year-old, and I have a three-month-old. Wow, that's my rundown, and that's that's as crazy as it gets. But, but I will say it is, it's the dopest thing ever. It's the dopest fucking thing ever. Can like I? They, nothing beats it.
2: Can I get, I've seen your, I've seen your baby's clothing. Can I get some of those hand-me-downs? Can (laughs) I get some of those hard baby down? -down.
1: Whatever you need, whatever you need, you can have. And I mean that, man. I got, we got tons of shit. Tons, tons, tons of shit. When your time comes, please hit me so I can give you some of this baby. And I'm not even talking about hand-me-downs. I'm talking about new shit. Just new shit. I can definitely send you some stuff. You're going to get a, you're going to get a very nice, a very nice baby gift for me.
2: I, that's very all nice. I wanted. That's the only reason I'm here is to get that. I want like a. I want like an exercise ba- baby exercise outfit. You know what I mean? Like, a... <laughs> when you get the kid in the gym, how quick the three is the three year old in the gym
1: yet? <laughs> the kids come out on creatine. They just come out. My kids come out on creatine. They come out uh with amazing they drink green juices out the gate that's what happens with them
2: baby Um, growth hormone are they are they on the bg bg the whole
1: nine i put them on the whole nine honestly (laughs) you know what's crazy my kids well my son my my oldest son Mm -hmm. he's active he likes to work out my oldest daughter she'll do it but she she hates it uh but she'll do it because she likes to spend time with me Mm -hmm. but my 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 13 year old son he loves it. So your kids really are a product of the environment. What they see, what they're constantly around, uh they cater to. You know mm-hmm. how big of, how big of a family do you want to have?
2: Uh I don't know. A couple kids I think. We'll see. You know like uh I don't know. I think yeah, I think a couple kids would be ideal. Um I came from four. All three of my siblings have four kids. I have 12 nieces and nephews, so there's a lot of kids around. So I feel like They've taken care of the lion's share of uh, delivering a big family, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like I think two is a nice number. I don't know. You had two. two is a for great a great number. Yeah, you had two for a while. Yeah, two's a great
1: number. Yeah, shoot for one of each.
2: That's the goal. Yeah, you know, we'll see if I need to go in there and genetically modify them. You know what I mean?
1: How? I, you know, that's a that's really a thing now. It's it a thing. Really that people, is. people do, man. Times are times are times of i mean I, I just can't even put words to it like the things that people do you know even a, my my wife was having a discussion with her girlfriends and the conversation was based around one of her friends wanting a baby but wanting a specific sign of a baby you know uh, like
0: uh, ah yeah, you
1: know, yeah yeah i don't want no aquaries and they mm-hmm. can't be no so i'm only going to we got to have sex during this time or this time cuz i can't have a scorpio but I don't mind the pipes. I mean, a real conversation
2: Mm -hmm. based
1: off of what the sign of the baby would be. I couldn't believe the shit that I was hearing. Oh, it's coming. I couldn't believe believe the shit that I was hearing. And that glass against the wall and walking.
2: And that's, but that's like, that's like the minimal of it all. Like people, like people are doing some, I mean, people are fully, genetically modifying their babies now too. Like you can be like, I don't want, and and some of it's for good. Some of it's like someone has like a very serious genetic disorder that they don't want to pass on. They can, they can now splice some of that stuff out. You know what I mean? Like, um, like, uh, epilepsy or something like that, Mm -hmm. but they can also, but people are also now, I think choosing, you know, boys or girls and stuff like that. And, you know, I wanna i I'm gonna to try to have like a five four comedic rock star baby. That's so I and I'm trying to figure out how I can genetically do that.
1: You know the crazy thing? It's like if you if I were to if I were to really discuss like the craziest thing for me is like when your kids start talking about doing what you do.
0: Mm, mm. That's
1: the that's the craziest thing, you know. Mm. At the end of the day, comedian. You know, we react. We're comedians. You know, it's not like yeah. there's yeah. a sport attached to it, or you know, uh, doctors, teachers, police officers, firemen. Like, there's so many different, uh, there's so many different things out there mm-hmm. that that people do and that they can choose from. The best thing in the world for me, the best thing in the world for me, is you know, my daughter is a she's a lover of comedy. She's really? a lover, lover, Nick. She's a lover of comedy. My daughter loves comedy, wants to be a comedic actress, wants to dabble with stand up. And that's like the biggest woe to me is when your kids truly want to follow in your footsteps.
2: Does that excite you or does that, how does that, how does that make you feel? Uh, it's mind blowing. For... It's
1: yeah. mind blowing. Like, what yeah. do you, I mean, because you, you don't prepare for that. You don't no. prepare for that. You know, I'm trying to give you all the tools that you need to, do whatever it is you want to do in life, and when you start to voice to me, that is do what you do. I'm gonna do that, Dad. Well, that's goddamn instant tears.
2: Yeah. That's
1: instant fucking eye watering right there.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Got to get yourself together. Go outside. Sit in the car for two hours. That's my, <laughs> that's my safe place. To Look
2: at your phone. Fall asleep. Yeah. Just, <laughs>
1: just
0: go. Do you
2: ever find yourself? Do you ever do that? You come home. Like I pull up in the driveway and then sit in your car for like twenty minutes on your phone. Like, to, what are you
1: talking about? I have four kids. What? Is, I don't understand the question that you're asking me. It takes me twenty minutes to get out the car, regardless. It doesn't matter.
2: I so, I gotta put it. I gotta put it. I'm so scared. I gotta put in a car seat today. I'm so scared, Kevin.
1: Which you know what? Get there's so many different car seats right now. You gotta get the kind of snap in.
2: Yeah, that's what I. That's what we got.
1: You gotta get they. They, they make it so easy. I call them. They're. I don't even want to call them idiot proof. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a step past idiot proof. It's a step past that that they provide where you just take it out the box and you go, Oh, okay, I just clicked this. I okay, oh, I did it. It's one that's of those.
2: Perfect. Yeah.
1: But then after that, it's so easy that you're like, there's no way the baby can be safe in this. Right. <laughs> it's like there's there's no way that the baby's yeah, secure. Ba- you keep asking people to test it because you don't believe it. You're go like the, no,
2: the
0: baby is flying out the window in yeah, this. Just guy. pull a
1: seat and tell me if you think that's in right. It's that easy. <laughs> that you keep you keep rechecking it that's where it is
0: do summer projects your way with memorial day savings from the home depot with free delivery on over 2 million items you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening plus get same day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last minute garage project summer your way with memorial day savings from the home depot how doers get more done order select and stock items by 4 p.m subject to availability
1: within your world of uh you know comedic friends are you one of the uh last men to go and jump into the to the married train or Um, or the first in your in your crew
2: no, you know, I straddle a couple different. I mean, I kind of I, I got I am I got my I, I'm a little bit in a few different circles because I come out of stand up, but I also come out of like sketch improv world UCB and mm-hmm. stuff. So like I I have friends in all of these different crews of uh, folks and I have friends who are like. I have a bunch of friends who are older comedian, older, a lot of improviser sketch people who got married later and have had their kids now in their like forties and I'm a little younger than them. So they're all, they've all just gotten, but most of those guys are now married and have kids and, and, and then, yeah. And then I've got some, I've got a couple younger friends who are like married, but don't have kids yet. I'm somewhere in the middle, but most of the people in my life at this point have gotten married and have kids.
1: And, and did that play a part in you wanting to step into that place. Like I know you said, yeah, we've been together for two years. We both knew it was what we wanted. It was time. I mean, you know, did you guys put yourselves in that surrounding as a couple with other married individuals?
2: You know, not really. It was like, I I think I've been pretty Pretty good about making sure that I whatever whatever why, why ever I was doing something was for 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 the reasons internal of not being like oh no I'm falling behind I always felt like I assumed I would have children uh, but it was never like oh my god I cannot wait to have children but I f- I felt like if I met the right person that I would want to make ch- you know have children with that person I did and it felt like uh, you know, like I'm look, I'm 42. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not getting any younger here. Like, and like, you know, it's like the, the these little, those little spermies aren't getting any smarter. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like I'm curious. I,
1: I'm shocked that you, that you lasted. That's the thing. Like as a, as a comic, yeah. you know, you to, to make it to 40 plus with no kids, that's a, that's an amazing thing.
2: Pull-out game is strong, Kevin.
1: Hey, listen, that's an amazing thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. 40, 40 plus, no kids. Yeah. And then got married. And you did it the right way, Mr. Kroll.
2: Thank you. Well, I found I found the right i found the right woman, you know, like it and it and I think I was similarly like what we were saying about the comedy. Like I had the privilege of of waiting to f- be like, you know, who's the right person to do this with? And I don't want to do it until it's right. You know, I don't want to get married till it's right. I want to have kids. till it's right. And because of the situation that I somewhat put myself in somewhat, the situation I found myself in, I was, I was able to do that, you know, like, and, and again, we all know it's like some of it's luck of the draw, you know? Um, and I, and I feel like I have been able to, you know, Find someone who, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I but I think most of my friends had, had started like it became. It's become less and less cool to be like once you hit forty. And I'd we'd started dating by the time I was forty, but like once you hit forty, like it's not cool being at a bar. You know what I mean? It's you like see it. You start to see it. You know, and and especially when you're then as soon as you're kind of well known and you're famous, it's like, it's kind of cool because you're like, hey, I'm kind of well known. And like, now, like women might be interested in me without mm-hmm. me having to do anything. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, but then it's also like, oh, but they also know they can go on Wikipedia and see that I'm forty. You know what I mean? Like
1: <laughs> I'm just sitting here at the bar again. Yeah, I'm just sitting at a bar, like last like, question you wanted the bars? weren't you here last week? Oh, yeah.
2: yeah was, or like <laughs> or and being in LA at a bar and being like, Oh my God, like I'm so and so's assistant. You know uh, what I mean? And you're uh, like, Oh boy.
1: Oh my God. Your you kid- know what I mean? Your kid goes to my school. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, what? and I'm
2: like, uh, this is no longer cool. This is not. This is not the vibe. Like, and it just got less and less cool. And then, and then I met the right person. You know, but like, but I think it was life is all about timing. It's like, how do you? You know like how do you find the right person and that happens to be at the right time in your life when you're both in a position where you're like yeah let's do this you know Mm. um and i think with my career as well like doing like i spent the last number of years really doing like big mouth and animation i was on a tour last year um, She actually inspired me to go back out because I'd, I'd done standup for years, but I was largely doing it as like more of a hobby around town and fucking around. And then a couple of years ago, we were away. Uh, this was like Christmas, like two years ago. And she was kind of like, why don't you, why haven't you done a special? And I was like, well, you know, it's like, I like to do it locally. I got other stuff. I got movies or TV or my show. And like, and she was like, okay. And it sort of planted the seed in my head of like, I, maybe I should. And like, I set up a tour. And I did a tour in in nineteen and middle aged boy tour, and then like and then I was gonna go shoot the (laughs) special name. Thank you. And then I was gonna go shoot the special, like do like twenty more spots, twenty more sets, and you know like theater shows, and then shoot the special in like June. And the world obviously fell apart. Like I mean, I still don't know how you shot it. I don't still don't know how you did it. Like I don't know how.
1: I I found a way to work on a set, I spent about, I spent about a little over a month and some change working on a set and I said, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Like once again, it was one of those things where I gave myself a challenge and stepped up to a challenge and putting that set together, coming up with the material, getting it to flow. Like that was a lot, man. It was a lot without, without comedy clubs, without theaters, without nothing. Like that was a lot. It was yeah. a lot to put that shit together. So I, the thing was, is me doing it and being able to do it to where it comes off poised and still polished. You know yeah. what I mean? And and with a point of view. So I would I would challenge you to not let that material go at, at any point and still, you know, consider figuring out a way to craft that into a special. You can't just lay it to rest at all. Can
2: I can I rent out your house and, and shoot it there? You've already figured it out.
1: Yeah, no, you can't do that. Uh, that's it. Yeah, you can't do that. But i you know, if you just, you kind of just figured it out on your own. But I was, it was just me just telling right. you.
2: I figured it out my. on my own, which is me figuring out on my own is me asking you, if, can I shoot that special in your house? Uh, maskless, everybody indoors.
1: Okay, uh, let's just put a pin in it. We'll just put a pin in it, <laughs> oh, come back to it, revisit it, and then, you know, figure no, it out. No, but I
2: would, I would like to go, I would like, I mean, I loved, I loved going back out on the road and touring and like, you know what it's like, that feeling of like, you know, polishing, it's like, it's different than shooting a movie or a show where you're like, you you write it, you shoot on the day, you hope you got it, you cut it together. Hopefully in the edit, it comes together. The idea of like every night, same set, working on it, polishing, editing, cutting, moving the, moving the set around, like all that stuff. It had been a long time since I was like, let's go put this hour together. And I felt good about it. And I felt like I was almost there. And then I was going to do a bunch of shows, just polish it up and then shoot it. And then obviously the world changed. And I think I will go back to go out and do the special, but now so much of this, so much of the special was a very personal look at my, it's called middle-aged boy. It was about me being like 40 and still Mm. like not having settled down and all my family has settled down and my friends have, What am? how am I existing inside of that? And then now All of this other stuff has happened, getting married, having a kid and like being like, oh, I feel like that should now be integrated into this to make it a complete story. You know, she'll
1: kill you. That's not your life. What (laughs) what are you talking about up there? That's not who you are anymore. I know. But remember before when I had this stuff, I just wanted to use this stuff. Remember? No, 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 no. No, I don't know. Okay, I'll just figure it out. That's tough, though. It's tough. I think one of the hardest things as a comic is to just let material die. Yeah. That's tough.
2: Especially if you've got something that you're like, this is where, what the weirdest thing is about killing your babies is stuff that you're like, but this is funny. But someone, someone in your life is like, yeah, but it doesn't work in the set. Mm. And you're like, but it's getting the biggest laugh in the set. And they're like, doesn't matter. It fucks up the flow or whatever. You're like, it's hard. Cause it's so rare that you land on like a fucking, a nugget you know what I mean like we all have those jokes that are like this is a good joke this works every time but then you just have those jokes you and they sometimes come out fully formed sometimes they take a little work but you can just feel an audience like light up in a different way and it's tough to cut those off you know
1: I I think I think it's it's one of those things where at this point in my career when it comes to material when it comes to the time that goes in to conjuring up material, putting some together and thinking about it, it's just like I I, I can't just do that and not have an end game for yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and when I do get to that point where I don't want the end game for it, well, then I'm just gonna say, maybe it's time to just, maybe it's time to just sit down and, and give it up. If I don't want to punctuate it. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to go up and fuck around and fuck around. Well, eventually you fuck around and you put this fire together. Yeah. That that becomes an amazing set. So you want to do that for how long before you put it to rest? Like every set has to die. It It does. It has to be put down.
2: That's what was, and I don't think people realize that about comics that it's like you do this material until in the case of like you or or myself of like you put a special out and then you're like and now that is dead now that is laid to rest you know what I mean Yeah
1: it's kind of it's kind of crazy it's like it's like it's like people almost act as if stand up comedy is is a song yeah right like we're we're the artists that can't go on the road and give you that one hit that you loved again have you, you ever done do it? it
2: do you ever do encores you ever do old material no
1: no what you know the ending of it what am i doing
2: i do i do some of your material on the road some of your classes wait a and second the, no and it works nick, great the fight nick, in the bar that nick, fight in the is, bar
1: nick this is which this is inappropriate I credit
2: you i credit you on it
1: <laughs> but nick that well how long are you doing how much it like, must have...
2: It's like thirty minutes, but it's Whoa, like the set Nick, is... that's
1: a set. Wait a minute.
2: Yeah, but the, if it's not the hour, it's a set, but it's not the hour. Because then it's... it's and then it's and then it's thirty minutes of my stuff. That's my stuff that I've yeah. written. Yeah. And yeah. then I close with fifteen minutes of Rodney Dangerfield. And wait then...
1: a minute. No, wait. By the way very funny. Very funny, by the way. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield is Nick Kroll as Rodney Dangerfield. That's my closer. It's very funny. No respect. Uh, who have you? Give me your. Give me your one encounter mm. with a comedian mm. that you hold on to that acts as a groundbreaking moment for you? Like, is there, has there been a comedian that is giving you some advice or that you've talked to that has said some shit that has stuck with you throughout your career and that you hold on to?
2: Oh man, there's a bunch. Uh you gotta I'll pick give one. You, give me well I'll give you I'll give you a quick a story that, you, if it's a I'll two give you a you quick got story a That stuck with me and then I'll tell you a different story that stuck with me in a bad way. Was well, there and this wasn't even an encounter I had. It was but there's that show called like Iconoclass. It was like it was it was Chappelle and Maya Angela were talking, and Maya Angela gave Chappelle a piece of advice that I, has stuck with me. She didn't say it to me. Uh, but it was like if you don't pick up like if you don't pick up the positive stuff, affirmation of you, then you don't have to pick up the crit critiques either.
1: Okay. Wow.
2: And I found that to be really amazing. So like- so if you don't like if you're not like if you don't get your head too full of the positive reviews and you don't put too much weight on it, then the negative reviews don't don't hit you that hard either. Because you just all it is is like, what is my barometer? What is it that I'm doing? I'm not going to worry about positive or negative what people are saying about me. And I, I've I've held on to that. I think that's a really useful piece of advice. And she's one of my favorite stand ups. Maya Angelou.
1: <laughs> well, um, wait a minute. Nick, then, I she, she's
2: great. No, I, I do 10 minutes for her stuff. I do no, 10 minutes for poetry. I don't
1: think that's stand up.
2: Um, I just play one of her speeches. Um, I play her commencement address. So, um, all right. Uh, here's a story that happened to me early on. And I don't know what the you can tell me what the moral is of it. I was doing open mics. This, there was a place in New York in the early 2000s. There was a place called B3. It was just a bar in the East Village Avenue, B and 3rd. Maybe someone dragged you there for when you were doing shows in New York. It was like, a you know, one of those club sh- bars, basement of a intimate,
1: bar. Real, real intimate.
2: Intimate. Garbage. Yeah. Yeah, garbage. Yeah, yeah. garbage yeah. Stinky little basement. Yep. And I was there one night. It was an open mic Um I had just been in another show. There was like five or six people in the crowd and the waitress comes downstairs and I was like, Oh my God, Bill Murray's upstairs. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling, I had had a good set at the other open mic I had done. So I was feeling a little brash and I go up and I ask Bill Murray, I went up to him, he's sitting there, I think with his son having a drink. He's like, and I was like, would you mind coming down? Maybe I'm a stand up and I'm doing, would you want to come down and watch me perform? Mm. And he was like, he kind of looked at me and was like, uh, and i was like i'm sorry to bother you like you're i'm just a huge fan like you know like you're a, you know cuz at that point bill murray's like a fucking god to me mm-hmm. like you know and and so i come downstairs and now i realize i'm, I'm in an open mic at like 11 8, 11 p.m. on a tuesday there's five people in there even if i had the best set of my life i'm going to fucking die and i'm like well he's not going to come down and then i see these like charcoal pants walking down the stairs you know and i'm just like Seen these, you know, like fucking Ghostbusters and Lost in Translation and the first half of Stripes and Rushmore, you know, and all that. And then he he comes downstairs and he watches me and I get on stage and I've been doing stand-up for like five months and I freeze. I just completely freeze up. Wow. And I have no material
0: Wow, and I can't
2: bear my jokes and I'm trying to apologize to him while I'm on stage. You what? know what I mean? And it goes terribly. It goes terribly. And he, I get off stage and he's standing there and I go, thanks for watching. He's like, yep. And he walks back upstairs and I fucking blew it. I mean, but also I, so what do I take from that? Like I take, um, I, I do look back and I like that. I was like willing to take a chance. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it, it didn't work but I was sort of like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like uh, I'm not going to be scared to try something, but the other side of that was like kind of no one you're asking someone for something. No one you're asking someone for a favor. No one you're like, I'm asking you to do this thing for me. Like no one. And also no one you're ready to be seen. Mm. You know what I mean,
1: I would, the biggest thing for me is patience. Yeah. And understanding the importance of patience, right? Because a patient version of yourself, uh, could have gotten the same thing by saying mr murray i just came up here to tell you i'm a huge fan and that one day one day you're going to see my face again i'm a comic Mm -hmm. as well and you've done so much for me and my career by just inspiring me yep enjoy your meal i don't want to disturb you i just wanted you to know one day you're going to see me again yeah right and if he came downstairs or not You wouldn't have known because you would have just went down and you would have done your open mic night. And of course, it's easy to have these answers after the moment is over. Totally. But the five month comedian is extremely ambitious and knows everything. Yeah. The the five month comedian. I mean, Jesus Christ, we you got all the answers. You're ready for every big opportunity. You're ready to be a headliner. You're ready to travel the country. You're ready to go perform in Europe if they ask you. You can do it all. (laughs) You can go to wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Berk,
2: Berkowitz was, is ready to book us, uh, book some dates in Amsterdam. He's yeah. Ready to do we, it.
1: Let's go. I'll fucking <laughs> destroy it over there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Well, but
2: that's, but it is that it's that so much of this career for me has been that is like, how do you manage that thing of like, I'll take any opportunity that's presented to me, but also I will be patient enough to take, to do the things when I know I'm ready to do them. You know, like, how do you find that balance between like, and I, and I, you know, and it's a, it's a tough thing to find that balance, but that's so much of the career, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's a learning curve that, that is always going to go around. You're, you're, you're going to get more levels of understanding and education, as you keep bending this curve. For for me, I remember not that moment, but a moment where I had an opportunity to do a large comedy festival, and I was like, "This is it! I got in Just for Laughs. Mm-hmm. I'm about to blow. This is it." Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a story that I've told several times. Keith Robinson, a mentor, a friend, mm-hmm. a brother, yeah. was like, "You're not ready, stupid." you're not ready to go do just for laughs shut up sit down get funny what do you mean I am and right there it was a moment of do I listen to Keith or do I not and I was I was smart enough to go he must be telling me the truth because he's my friend all right I'm not going to do it and I didn't do it I didn't do the festival and I waited until I got in on the following year and I was much better. I was a, a funnier comic. I was more polished. Yeah, you still green, but I went there and I made my presence felt. Whereas if I had a rushed it, I could have possibly botched whatever opportunities were there for me just by wanting something too fast. Totally. So in that case, you wanted Bill Murray's approval so fast. Yeah. And it would have, you know, for you, the mental of him going, oh, very funny, man, very funny, would have been the equivalent of the the fucking best of the best.
2: Sure. But also, like, but then it's like, so then what? You know what I mean? For him to be like, it's not like Bill Murray's going to be like, hey, you're the guy. Like, I've never, (laughs) like, and I love Bill Murray to this day, but he's not like the guy who's like, "Uh, let me take you under my wing. Like, Bill Murray's not (laughs) a take you under his wing kind of guy. That's not his game, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, even then, like, but you're right, it is, that's, but that's a ballsy thing. But again, that's an inner confidence that you had to be like, yeah, I'll be better in a year. I'll wait. Like, there has to be some level of like, there's a thing that there is a thirstiness that beginner, not even beginners, a lot of people have, which is like, you get grabby because you're like, you're worried it's going to go away or you're Mm -hmm. never, it's not going to come at you. So like, how do you have enough self-possession to know like you know, I'm gonna wait. Like, I couldn't get into Montreal. I was trying to get into Montreal for years. I couldn't get my fucking act in there. And then, and then it started to happen. And then it happened the way it, it was supposed to, but it took a long time. And, and now, and I mean, I was there. We were there last year. You got, I think you got the, like, it was the, That's we the got board. it for Big Mouth. You got it for like performer of the year, or like mm-hmm. icon. Or, they made up some shit so you would show up, like flying for the afternoon and fly yeah it was
1: uh it was the biggest boot to touch the uh <laughs> canadian it was, uh it was the fitted show within yeah. the uh, yeah
2: fitted the, the uh let's get kevin here to, to be to give us uh, some uh, clout on instagram award for best <laughs> convenient <comedy> powerhouse <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that crazy do you are you able to take that step back to be like fuck I remember when Keith Robinson told me I wasn't funny enough to be there and I listened to him and now they're trying to figure out how to get you back there for some reason
1: I I promise you I have analyzed all of that stuff
0: several times mm-hmm.
1: I I've also I've always done a good job at Listening to the person that's been there before. If that person was willing to talk to me mm. and tell me something about when they were there, mm-hmm. I've never, I've never felt like I, I knew it all. or I know it all. Who's never. the that's...
2: person at this stage, who has been the person that you've been listening to at, at this? Absolutely. Like...
1: Nobody. I'm too famous. <laughs> nobody can tell me shit. No, I'm joking. Uh No, there's still, you know, I still have great direction, you know? Um, information is key. So I surround myself by it. You know, the the people that that I have that are underneath my company's umbrella, I went and sought after it and had to pay a hefty bill for, you know, to get these people as execs, as uh, presidents, senior vice presidents, TV execs, film execs. And as much as I, you know, may know, I love having the minds of people that know things that are different from the things that I know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the the direction and the, the idea sets off a bigger idea. So mm-hmm. I've never been a person to shut that down. I've I've always welcomed it, which is why on on the other side, I try to give so much of the information as I possibly can, because that's the one thing that I feel like people are selfish with. You yes. don't want it, like there's so many, there's so many comics that were selfish with. Some of the bookings that they got Mm -hmm. selfish with the comedy club opportunities or the college opportunities or Mm -hmm. the gigs because they felt like if everybody else gets it, then I'm not gonna be able to get it. So there's there's this like crab in a barrel mentality Mm -hmm. that has always existed that never has really had to because ultimately there's enough for us all
2: yeah. And that's why I want to know who your NACA agent is and how I can get my hands on those baby clothes. That's what I need.
1: Done. This is information that will be given to you whenever, (laughs) whenever you need it, Nick, I promise you that, man. Uh, I want to, I want to thank you, dude. I want to thank you for, you know, for coming on. Like I said, this is, this is something that I want to do because I want to give my listeners an opportunity to get into the mind of a comedian. Mm-hmm. You know, really understand how we think, how we maneuver, what our life is, uh, what's of importance and of value to us, and and just get to know the individuals more, you know, where we're, there's a lot more to us than just the funny. We're, That's we're right. Layered, we're layered individuals.
2: We're layered, totally normal human beings. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: totally, totally normal. All
2: well over six feet individuals. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> You, you, my friend, man, uh, you deserve everything that's coming your way. I've I've known you and, and seen you just uh, really flourish in this business for quite some time. And it's not an accident, man. So congrats on all your success. And again, thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks,
2: you. man. Right back at you, Kevin. I have a tremendous amount of respect for what you've, what you've done and what you're continuing to build. So I'm happy to be here. Appreciate my it. My guy.
1: Also, congrats on the new marriage and good luck with the community communication of you getting out the house when you need to buddy uh can't wait for you to see me and say Kev boy what a shit show it's been yeah man i i just you know i just haven't been able to really get a handle on that on that leave thing that was my second white voice did you see it I gave you another no, one. I like that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Ladies
0: and gentlemen, Nick Crow. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil, with Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald.